Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I saw a fascinating article a couple of days ago um, at the MIT Technology Review, actually posted up at medium.com by Karen Howe, uh, artificial intelligence reporter at the MIT Technology Review that the headline of the story is the biggest threat of deep fakes isn't the deep fakes themselves. It's very thought provoking. Joining us to talk about it is uh, Karen Howe herself. Good morning, Karen. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Ross. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to. And why don't we begin at the beginning without assuming that people know too much about this? Let's begin with the definition of a deep fake. A deep fake is essentially any kind of photo or video that's been altered by AI. Um, so that could be something as simple as a face swap, or it could be a complete uh, generation or synthesis of a photo from scratch. So essentially, it is highly realistic documentation of something that's never happened. That, thus, the word deep kind of uh, relates to the highly realistic part. Deep, actually, it's so it's the portmanteau of deep neural network and fake media. And a deep neural network is the AI software that is actually doing the the manipulation. Interesting. Okay, so uh, there's been a a lot of fear, justifiable fear in the in the political sphere, but it, it stretches out beyond that as well. You can imagine risks in commerce and people's personal lives and all that of deep fakes coming out that make it look like very convincingly look like somebody said something he or she didn't say or did something he or she didn't do. Have we seen a lot of that yet? Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting what we've actually seen. And, and I think people, that's definitely the fear that people have is that we will be seeing a lot of deep fakes, actual deep fakes disrupting discourse. But what we've seen is actually the idea of deep fakes is disrupting discourse um, enough already. And um, if you think about it, it makes sense because um, deep fakes actually require some technical skill to create, but just evoking the idea doesn't require any technical skill at all. And so what we have seen thus far in most instances, um, not just in the U.S., but outside of the U.S., is Um, people questioning the veracity of particular documentation of evidence um, based on the fact that deepfakes now exist. Um, That's not to say that there will also be problems in the future of actual deepfakes wreaking havoc, but uh, those cases currently as it stands have not been very common. Okay, right. So let's just deal with the second part of that first, just to sort of be done with it and put it aside. The actual number of deep deep fakes that we've seen so far in any kind of significant context is is really low is that correct yeah it's really low i i honestly can't put a number to it off the top of my head but Mm -hmm. it would be in the single or double digits really wow yeah okay and is the technology that allows the production of deep fakes 
on a path that most technologies seem to be on over technologies' lifetimes that will at some point put them in the hands of middle schoolers and high schoolers for free? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, a lot of so I should correct myself. The po- political deep fakes are in the single or double digits. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many, many other quote unquote deep fakes, such as um, the face swap app that came out um, or the app that allowed you to age yourself. That's actually deep fake technology deployed in a commercial application. Mm-hmm. And in theory, yeah, that's placing this technology directly into the hands of middle schoolers for free. Um, Obviously, fortunately, in those instances, um, the application has a very, very narrow and specific um, goal, and you can only do specific manipulations to your photo, like add wrinkles or whatever. Um, But given how quickly the technology has developed and how much code is open-sourced these days, it is very possible that um, young, even young kids will be able to pick up some code from some uh, repository online and start applying it to manipulate their own photos. And and separate from young kids, one can also imagine um, scammers, like the same sorts of people who do ransomware, using deep fakes to make it look like somebody was, you know, in a compromising position. Take take somebody's face and put them in a porn, you know? Yeah, I, yes, exactly. That That was actually why I corrected myself, because that's actually a huge problem already. Um, and there are many, many, many more deep fakes specifically being used to create fake pornography. Yeah. Wow. If anything, someone who gets caught actually doing that kind of thing could then claim that's a deep fake. So maybe they'll get away yeah. with a real one, which actually gets back in a, in a strange way to the main point of your article. And for those of you just joining, my special guest, Karen Howe, writer for the MIT Technology Review, And the article we're talking about that she wrote up at Medium.com, the biggest threat of deepfakes isn't the deepfakes themselves. So how is this working that the the fear of deepfakes or the possibility of deepfakes is at least in some environments having a bigger effect than deepfakes themselves? That's a great question. So it's definitely become a pretty impactful idea, specifically in fragile information ecosystems. So in certain countries where people don't have, they don't have trust in basically anything. They don't have trust in the government. They don't have trust in the media. Um, They are constantly worried that the government or the media is lying to them. And so when you drop the idea of hyper-convincing fake media into this kind of environment, then people no longer take anything the government says, even if the government is producing a video for face value anymore. Hmm. And so there was a case um, just last year in late 2018 when um, the people in Gabon were really confused as to why they hadn't seen their president in a really long time in public. And it turns out he had suffered a heart attack and um, he was just out of the public eye dealing with health issues. So the government tried to assuage concerns by um, sending a video of his customary New Year's address. And he looked kind of weird in the video. Um, sorry, he suffered a stroke. So he looked kind of weird in the video. And people immediately thought the video was a deep fake. It caused them to be even more furious at the government for going to such extents to cover it up. And it um, resulted in a military coup. 
Wow. Um, but it wasn't a fake, and, right? He just looked funny because he had a stroke? Well, that's the thing. It's actually, to this day, people don't really know. Experts have thus far uh, been pretty certain that it's not a fake because they haven't found any evidence of tampering. But the problem is not finding evidence of tampering does not prove that something isn't a deep fake. And so it's kind of like the bar for proving that something is true is just so much higher. Um, and that's kind of like the greatest challenge that experts are really facing right now. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you're following this level of detail on this tangent I'm going to ask you about, but what are you seeing in the United States when it comes to the kind of trust that you're talking about? Because when you talk about Gabon and how the people there felt and they don't trust anything the government says and they don't trust the media, I'm feeling like that a little bit about the about the U.S. And I don't know if that's something <laughs> you're following. Yeah, it's definitely a concern. Um, I mean, when I talk with human rights experts who have a bigger, uh, just more experience working in uh, developing countries or other countries outside the U.S., it, it, it sort of snaps things into perspective. And what we have currently going on with the distrust in media or government um, in the U.S. is is almost small potatoes compared to what other countries have, but it certainly is, um, it is concerning. I mean, there there have also been instances in the U.S. where um, there was that video of the CNN reporter um, that uh, I was either slowed down or sped up, and people immediately thought, oh, this is a deep fake, this is manipulation, and um, people took sides. Like, some people didn't believe this, CNN. Some people didn't believe um, the U.S. government or the people that were there. Um, and there's just so much distrust around who to believe at this point. Um, I but, think a lot of Americans saw that video of Nancy Pelosi appearing to slur her words. You remember that one? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, I, and I don't know if that qualifies as a deep fake. It was a different sort of manipulation, but a lot of people believed it. Yeah, right. So it, that qualifies, um, there's a term called a cheap fake, which is essentially <laughs> a, a fake media that is just, so you did something really simple to it. So in that case, they just slowed down the video. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no AI actually involved in, in modifying it. Um, and that's a, that's a great example of the kinds of um, disruptive things that we can already do even without super highly realistic modifications. Um, and so with high, highly realistic modifications, that, that can exacerbate things even more. Um, but, yeah, it, it is, uh, it's concerning that we've had such a great erosion of trust in the U.S. in the past few years. Um, and it's, people need to start thinking about that in the context of deep fake media. You touched on this a little bit uh, regarding the expert opinion on the Gabon president video, but uh, producer Shannon would like to know if this technology leaves digital footprints or fingerprints. Yeah, so at the moment, as far as we know, it does. But um, I, there are certain experts that are actually trying to develop techniques assuming that there will be none because the technology is developing so fast that they do think that somewhere in, like, in the next couple of years, deepfakes will be perfect in the sense that there will be absolutely no digital footprints whatsoever. Um, and so one way that people are trying to combat this is kind of the reverse. Um, rather than just trying to detect flaws or digital footprints, 
um, they're, they're building these platforms that verify a photo at the moment of capture. Hmm. So the moment you, like you download an app, you take a photo with that app, and that app immediately memorizes where every single pixel is. And then if anyone were to ever modify that photo again, you have the original record that's verified and you can say, no, like these pixels moved or those pixels moved, even if there is no other digital trace. Wow. Um, but it's, it's, it's complicated because if you start doing that, then not, not every photo right. can be taken with these apps. And right. there are also legacy photos that have never been taken with those apps. So um, it doesn't solve all cases, and it, it can still be really easy for people to start questioning any kind of photo that hasn't been taken with that app. Yeah. Um, the whole concept so yeah, it, is just amazing to me, and we've got we got to leave it here, Karen, but the idea that, at least for now, the biggest threat of deepfakes is fear of them rather than the actual deepfakes, although I do think that might change over time. Karen Howe is the artificial intelligence reporter for MIT Technology Review. This, along with the link to her article, will be up on my blog in a little bit at RossKaminsky.com. Karen, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.